the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This indeed is the gathering of the saints of the Lord to receive his word and his blessed sacrament. However, today's gathering of the saints is in the context of our National Day of Independence that we celebrate tomorrow. We are indeed grateful for our country and especially for the freedom to gather in this house of worship without hindrance and to freely receive the Lord's gift. With this gratefulness and joy at being independent and free in this country, there is also, though now, great concern. This is because how little citizens of the United States understand or even pay attention to the words of the Declaration of Independence, especially the Constitution and the amendments of the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights. A recent poll of American citizens was taken and found that only 26% could even name the three branches of our government, much less define them. Now, this is not good for a republic, as it's not only important to know that it's the legislative, executive, and judicial branches, it's important to know the duties and the limits of each branch as given in the Constitution. But there are things even more important than the citizenship in the United States. It is important to know how God has set up life. In our epistle lesson today, you have a bunch of instructions, but these instructions don't make sense unless you know from God's word how God has set up life. God has been gracious to you and given you in his word how all of life has been set up and how he orders all things in the world. And God has set up three estates to order all of human life. So the sermon today is really going to have an overview of the three estates that you are in and how God has ordered all of human life. The three estates are the church, the civil state, and the family. Life becomes clear when you know how God is running the show. And this clarity is not only extremely important, it's vital, it's necessary so that you would know what life is like, especially in a world that has gone absolutely haywire. You live in a world centered on the here and now, ruled by the ever-craving, pleasure-seeking self, with no real definition of what the word family means, where the, where the ancient and normal understanding of such words as male, female, man, woman, husband, wife, mother, son, daughter, and baby are twisted or scorned, where there's an increasing desire for the state to replace religion, and where power is seen as the currency of life. This world, however, is a fake world, as it denies the one true God. To know reality is to know and to believe in the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In love, he has placed you in this world, and in love, he has redeemed you, and in love, he has given you three estates for you to live in. First and foremost of these estates is the church. This is important as if you are not part of the church, you are still in your sin and under God's eternal wrath. All of you are eternal souls, always living in the presence of the eternal, holy, and almighty God. By yourself, 
you would stand before him with all your offending sin and in his justice, because he is holy, he would turn his back on you forever and you would be judged to eternal death. But we praise God this day that he is gracious and loving. In love, indeed, he created you. And in love, he has given you and made you a new creation in, our, in his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And our epistle lesson speaks towards the end of it about the importance of being the new creation. That is what you are in Jesus. Your gracious God sent his only son into the world to die for your sin and to rise again. In your, in your baptism, you've been baptized in Christ's death and resurrection, brought from darkness to light, and made an heir of Christ's eternal kingdom. You this day are the redeemed in Christ. You have life in him, and he is your savior and king forever. Life is eternal, and as a Christian, you belong to Christ. He is your king. You rejoice in him and in his church, his church also eternal. Being a Christian means being part of Christ's body, the church. We are Christians together, and we function together just as parts of a human body function together. This is seen in Romans 11 and 1 Corinthians, also chapter 11. God makes Christians together. However, there's been this false understanding that's out there in the world. Too many Christians fall for the lie that they can be a believer and not be with other Christians in the church and be gathered together. That's not reality. God makes us Christians together so that we would praise him together and so that we would serve him together and also serve each other as the body of Christ. Paul's epistles are not directed towards individual Christians, but to Christians together as Christians are the body of Christ. In an individualized society, and especially during this time of COVID, many Christians have retreated from their care of their fellow brothers and sisters. I've heard many people say this sentence, why well, I turned it, I attended church online today. Well, no, that's really not correct. You can view the service online, you can hear the word online, but have a church service to attend it, you have to be together. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is present. The Lord Jesus calls us to be his people together. In fact, our epistle lesson today from Galatians chapter six is not intelligible unless you have a firm concept that we are a people together. In fact, look how the lesson starts. You are called brothers. We are a family in Christ and family takes care of each other and family cares for each other that they do not want to leave the family and they also care so that no one else leaves the family. This is why you want to restore the brother who's fallen into a transgression. Family cares for each other and we as the body of Christ care for each other. What a blessing it is to see Christ's people together as family this day. You who are lost and condemned to hell now share in the blessing of Christ's redemption. You share in eternal life. You share not only with those gathered at Bethany this day, but with all the saints before Christ and with angels and archangels in the praise of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
you have the joy of being in this first and foremost of the estates, the church. Now, this first estate is, is, the, is the most important where God orders the world. It is the church. Christ is the head. He has given pastors to the church for the sake of preaching the gospel and ministering sacraments. And you together as the baptized receive his word, receive his sacrament, care for each other, and anticipate being part of the church triumphant forever in the new Jerusalem. But until that day and age, when you will be together in the new Jerusalem, you live in a sinful world. And in the sinful world, God desires that there would be order so that you might have life in this age. God works through the government to maintain order and to promote a peaceable life for you. So you hear in Romans chapter 13 that you're to obey the civil authorities as God is working through them. In this civil estate, you have the duty and responsibility to obey your leaders, leaders and be good citizens, again, for the sake of others. Now, the authorities therefore have the responsibility to make and enforce laws which promote good order. They do not, however, have the authority to make laws that are contrary to God's law. Therefore, the promotion of the killing of infants in the womb or redefining God's intention for marriage, these things are sinful. And the Christian does not recognize that God is working through sinful laws. Yet Christians are still to pray for those in authority, just as Paul urged Christians to pray for the pagan Caesars of his time. It's your duty and privilege to pray for your country and for your leaders. You are blessed to live in a land where freedom to practice one's faith has been a hallmark since the founding of this country. And we pray that this freedom would continue unhindered. The third estate is the family. The family as instituted in the Bible consists of father and mother and children. The husband is to be as Christ in the family. He rejoices at being Christ's baptized child, looks in wonder and awe at Christ's sacrificial love and the continual promotion of the kingdom of God. And the husband and, wife and, and father then gives his life for the sake of his wife and children so that they would too would know Christ and rejoice in their baptism. The wife obeys her Christ-like husband, knowing that the direction of the household is toward Christ. Father and mother are given children by the Lord, and the goal of raising children is to raise children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. In Scripture, the Lord places the main responsibility of raising children upon the father, and fathers to raise their children in the faith. Children are a gift from the Lord, and in their baptism they are now Christ. Their parents are stewarding Christ's children as they raise them in him. What is Christ is given to him. In the Christian family, there is the clear understanding of being in the Lord's house weekly, daily in prayer and in the word, and each member of the family cherishing each other as gifts from the Lord. And for those not given to live in a household where both spouses live, or where there's been a fracture in the marriage, or for those who are single, the Lord calls for you to remain in his grace, rejoice in his love, and to realize that he is in still charge of your life eternally in this age. Now these three estates are not equal and you cannot confuse them. God's word does not pit the family against the church and, not, and fully participating in the life of the church. God's word does not pit the state against the church 
where the state can tell the church how to act. No, the church is the one eternal estate. Life makes sense through the lens of how God orders the world with the estates of the church, the civil estate, and the family. Most of all, though, we have the lens of seeing life as Christ redeemed. We who are lost are now found. We have the one Lord, Jesus Christ. You are washed clean in your baptism. You belong to Jesus. You are part of his people. You are his body together. You are able to be before the eternal king of creation, receive his supper, and know that you are his beloved, his cherished ones forever. Our Lord Jesus cares for you. He feeds you. He promises you an eternal kingdom. Rejoice this day. You are the kingdom of God underneath your Lord Jesus who has redeemed, saved, and given you all life in himself. Amen.